four images, a meditation for the season of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit can be a difficult person to understand and to draw near to personally. And so for this, we have asked four people to explore four images that are used in Scripture as metaphors of the Spirit and why they've found them so helpful. We hope that this simple meditation might, for you, open up something new this Pentecost so that you might pray afresh. Holy Spirit, welcome. You are welcome here. Amen. Hey there, it's Reverend Annette here from Wellington. Ironically, even though I'm in Wellington and it is the windy city of our country, um, the wind I want to talk to you about that really captures for me something of how I experience the Holy Spirit as wind was actually something I encountered in Christchurch. Uh, Our family lived down there a few years ago and at the time I was studying Um, I was in an interesting place in my life and my faith walk and I remember I was having a particularly hard day so I went outside and there was this breeze and it was warm it was a warm wind and I'd never encountered it before it was the most beautiful and strange feeling this breeze it had a kind of comfort to it and I can't even accurately describe it it was the closest I'd felt to a Holy Spirit experience of wind for a really long time you see in Wellington wind is always there but it's cold and it's blustery and it's bold you get used to it and I really love it because it's always with you it's warm woolly coats it's grey weather and a good excuse for coffee but in this day in Christchurch this warm wind felt like joy, it felt like spontaneity and it felt encompassing and for me when I think about the Holy Spirit as wind I remember in particular that beautiful feeling because I was so surprised by it I remember people uh, were talking about it in a really happy way and that everyone you talked to it just seemed to have lifted their mood it made everyone a little bit more joyful a little bit more open, a little bit more willing to see things in a different way. I think the Holy Spirit can be this gentle, warm wind. You find yourself in a moment, you're in a place, and even though no one can see it, you can feel this wind as it lifts you to do something, and 
you have this real sense of clarity, well I do, that that's where you're supposed to be. Hi there, my name's uh, Josh and I'm a local vicar in Timaru um, in the South Island and um, I love fishing, it's just one of my favourite hobbies and um, for that reason I love rivers and I just want to share with you why the metaphor of water uh, for the Holy Spirit just speaks to me. Um, rivers have a special place in my heart, I love walking by them, I love sitting by them and mostly if I'm on a spotting trout and fishing from them. But for me, rivers are a place of rest, a place where I find great peace. One of Wendell Berry's characters in the novel Jaber Crow says this about his local river. On pretty weekends in the summer, this riverbank is the very verge of the modern world. It is a seat in the front row, you might say. On those weekends, the river is disquieted from morning to night by people resting from their work. This resting involves travelling at great speed, first on the road and then on the river. The people are in emergency to relax. They long for the peace and quiet of the great outdoors. Their eyes are hungry for the scenes of nature. They go very fast in their boats. They stir the river up like a spoon in a cup of coffee. They play their radios loud enough to hear above the noise of their motors. They look neither left nor right. They have much equipment, thousands of dollars worth. They can't fish in one place for fear that there are more fish in another place. For rest, they have a perfect restlessness. And for me, Wendell Berry names so well the deep thirst of our world today. A thirst for rest and for peace. A deep yearning to be satisfied, but never quite getting there. I identify with those restless fishermen, and maybe you do too. I guess we're all thirsty. And that's why for me the metaphor of water for the Holy Spirit is so meaningful. Water, especially living water, as Jesus refers to it in John's Gospel, speaks of satisfied thirst and rest. The term living water is used by Jesus in John 4 as a playful use of words, which has a double meaning. It refers to sparkling, flowing, life-giving water, and it refers to the Holy Spirit. Later in John's Gospel, Jesus says this in John chapter 7, let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit which believers in him were to receive. For as yet there was no spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And here the living water is the Holy Spirit, God's very presence poured out on people. As post-resurrection, Pentecost people. This, I believe, is what we're talking about when we talk about living water, God's very presence with us. This is our deepest thirst and yearning, whether we know it or not. And when Jesus talks about living water, he draws upon a tradition in the Hebrew Scriptures. 
In Jeremiah 2, God is associated with living water. Psalm 36 refers to God as the fountain of life. And the prophet Ezekiel's vision in chapter 47 is this image of flowing water that brings life. Water in the physical sense is necessary for our survival and for our flourishing as humans. And in the spiritual sense, it's the Holy Spirit, God's presence, that satisfies our deepest thirst. I love the metaphor of water when speaking about the Holy Spirit because it speaks of the satisfaction of our deepest thirst. But I also love it for another reason. I love the image of being filled like a cup to the brim with this water. Not only this, I love the idea of being filled to overflowing, spilling all over the place. And I think this image lends itself to the idea of God working in and through us. We might think of ourselves as leaky in a good way, spilling out God's love and presence wherever we go. So that's why water is one of my favourite ways of thinking about the Holy Spirit. Hi, my name's Barbara McMillan and I live in Little River on the Banks Peninsula and I work as a spiritual director. We have lots of birds that come into our garden. So I've been reflecting lately as we approach Pentecost of what the image of the dove, a bird that comes and alights on Jesus at his baptism, what that might mean for me in terms of understanding the work of the person of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I've reflected back over time and noticed that in the past I've related, uh, not a dove, but related to the thrush that's come into my garden when I had little children and would sit on the clothesline and just sing its song. And that song, Birdsong, brought great joy to my heart and uh, helped me raise my thoughts to what God might want for me out of that particular day when I may not have thought about um, God very much at all. These days, uh, it's not thrushes that come into our garden here, but it's the approach of the kiriru, or when I've come across a kiriru quietly sitting in the branches or heard the rush of, of its wings as it's passed uh, the window. And the thing I love about the kiriru is how robust and full-bodied they are. They're weighty animals. And they come and sit in the branches and they weigh them down. It's kind of like the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's action in me is to make my heart a little heavy for the concerns that uh, God, God has on God's mind. And I 
find myself thinking about a person or a, a situation. And if I listen to that, I've often uh, found that I'm invited to make contact with somebody or pray for that person or situation. And, and it's been quite fruitful when I've done that. The other thing that I love about the Kiraru is, as I said, it's full-bodiedness. And for me, that uh, is kind of a metaphor of the work of the Holy Spirit to invite us toward uh, becoming all that God made us to be. To be created in the image of God, what does that mean for me? Uh, and it reminds me that the person of the Holy Spirit invites me to join in the restorative, transformative work uh, of God in my life. And so that I might uh, become uh, a beautiful uh, expression of God's presence in the community I live in. Greetings to everyone. My name is Father Philip. I belong to the community of St. John and I help at the parish of St. Teresa's in Rickerton. I'm also a chaplain for the universities in Christ Church and in Lincoln. So it's a joy today to share a reflection on this symbol of fire. The fire which represents the Holy Spirit. And just as fire gives off heat, so the Holy Spirit consoles by giving warmth to the soul in times of joy, but perhaps especially in those times of suffering, worry, and doubt. And just as fire gives off light and allows us to perceive and to know the world around us, so the Holy Spirit enlightens the mind with understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. This radiation of light penetrates the depths of the soul and it leads us into the meaning of our lives it gives us direction, purpose, beauty, and joy. And just as the fire is stable, and yet always in constant movement, always in flux, so the Holy Spirit is stable, eternal, that rock. And yet it's always dynamic, and on the move.
never allowing us to stagnate. And just as the fire transforms everything that is combustible, so the Holy Spirit will transform everything we allow to be burned. And let's reflect on this last point together, transformation. You see, the Holy Spirit has been sent to transform humanity as a whole and each one of us personally into the same substance of Himself. We're to become partakers of the divine nature. And when the dry log is thrown into the fire, it begins to heat up. And then it starts to catch fire on the edges and on the outside. And little by little, the fire penetrates. And that wood becomes a hot coal. And we can ask, is this blazing hot coal still wood? Or is it now fire? Perhaps both. And so it is with the soul that allows itself to be penetrated by the fire of God's love, by the sanctifier. It's transformed from one glory to the next. The soul becomes a flame, a flame, as St. Catherine of Siena tells us, that can do nothing else but set the world on fire with that same flame of charity.
sorrow and shame You wipe it